When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Watch. Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Hi, this is Ann from San Antonio, Texas, and everyone should listen to Case Watch. It's an awesome podcast. I just wanted to add that I'm currently listening to episode 54 and I heard you talk about YouTube and camping with Steve, but I also wonder if you've tied that together with the guy pooping behind your sign in the yard. Have a great day. Bye. I have not tied that together, but that is a possibility. That's amazing. The guy from camping with Steve, who I'm assuming his name is Steve, can come poop behind my sign anytime he wants. He's yeah. like a massive celebrity. Yeah. He'll just, you know. If he has to go, he can just go. Uh, this is something that I do not want to talk about at all, but I feel that we need to talk about it. Yep. So today we are going to discuss the Uvalde shooting and we're just going to outlay the facts. We're not going to get into any of the political nonsense of this at all. Um, Fair warning, obviously, trigger warning on this episode right from the beginning. Yeah. And second, if you do have issues with strong language, this is not the episode for you because Charity and I are going to be speaking from the heart and I'm not going to edit myself to not say shit or whatever else pops out of my mouth because this is an episode that is real, it's raw, and it's just going to be the way it is and that's not for you, then we'll see you on the next episode. Yeah. So before any of this happened, I had never even heard of Uvalde at all. I had not either. So I figured let's first look at a little bit of what this community is. So it's a city in the county seat of Uvalde County, Texas, United States. The population was 15,217 people during the 2020 census. Uvalde is located in the Texas Hill Country, 80 miles west of downtown San Antonio and 54 miles east of the Mexico-U.S. border. So that gives you a little indication of where it was. Uvalde was founded by Reddingwood Black in 1853 as the town of Encina. In 1856, when the county was organized, the town was renamed Uvalde after the Spanish governor Juan de Ugalde and was chosen as the county seat. It is a southern limit of Texas Hill Country or the northernly most part of South Texas. Uvalde is known for its production dating back to the 1870s of Wahillo honey, a mild light colored honey. Along with San Antonio, Cazarel Springs and Crystal City in Corpus Christi, Texas was a major stop on the defunct San Antonio, Uvalde and Gulf Railroad. And that operated from 1909 until it was merged into the Missouri Pacific Railroad in 1956. From 1909 to 1912, the SAU&G was known as the Crystal City and Uvalde Railroad. The San Antonio to Corpus Christi freight route is now within the Union Pacific Railroad system. 
Uvalde's located at the crossroads of U.S. Highway 90 and U.S. Highway 83. So this is a rather small community charity as well. This is only seven square miles, and it's all land. There is no water in this area. Yeah, it sounded like um, when I, you know, they talk about it, that it was a very quiet community. Um, and like you said, small. Everybody kind of knew each other. From what I've read, in seven square miles, this community has 16 churches. Wow. So that gives you a little bit of a breakdown of the kind of people that are from this area. Yep. The climate is a hot, humid summers with mild, dry winters. And the racial composition of Uvalde is 78% Hispanic and Latino, 19% white, and other races as 0.84. Okay. So this is a predominantly Hispanic and Latino area. Okay. And before this tragic act that we're going to discuss, Uvalde was once known as the best locations for gliding in the United States, and it was the site of the 1991 and 2012 World Gliding Championships. I wish that was still the case. Unfortunately, Uvalde will now always be known as the place that this horrible, horrible event has taken place. Yep. Unfortunately. So I am making the conscious decision right now. We are not going to mention the name of this fucking douchebag once on this podcast. Nope. So it will not be mentioned. He'll just be known as the douchebag. Yep. Um, I'm cool with that. No need to give him any. uh, Yeah. It's just the way it's going to be. Yep. So we're going to start with a timeline that goes back into March. Really? So this douchebag moved in with his 66-year-old grandmother, Celia, on March 20th. On May 9th, this piece of crap meets somebody known as, quote-unquote, Cece. Now, she's the recipient of several messages that were sent that day. So they initially had said um, in the early stages of this investigation that it was Facebook posts that he was posting. Yeah, that's what I heard. These were private messages, you know, Facebook messages that were sent to this person named Cece. okay. And it was done on this app called... Yubo, which is not an app that I'm familiar I've nev- with. I mean, I, I, you're not. I'm definitely not. Now, the teen who lives in Germany said she and him would join each other on live streams on this app called Yubo. Uh, she also alleged that there were other warning signs in hindsight, including that he would ask others on Yubo if they would want to be famous on the news. Oh, God. Yeah. So this goes back quite a ways. Yes. so. On May 16th, he turned 18, and he had also the next day bought a semi-automatic rifle at the local sporting goods store called Oasis Outback. And he next following day, so this is the 16th, he turns 18, the 17th, he buys a gun. The 18th, he purchased 375 rounds of ammunition for that rifle. Oh, my God. We do not know where he bought that ammunition from. Okay. And then he skipped a day, so he was, you know, obviously something going on on the 19th, but on the 20th, he buys a second semi-automatic rifle at the same store. Now, where did he get all this money? That was going to be my next question. Yeah, because if anybody has ever bought a gun before, they're expensive. Very expensive. And And even ammo right now is super expensive Ammunition is super expensive as well. Now, let's skip to the day that this horrible, like, I'm... I apologize, guys. There's going to be stopping. There's going to be... This is very emotional for both of us to even discuss. And we were even up in the air whether we wanted to talk about this at all. But we thought we we really had to because of the victims. We really had to talk about it. And we will be giving an individual section to each one of these victims at the end of this episode. So that morning, an Instagram account that law enforcement tells sources at ABC news they believe is connected to him and other social media platforms. He posted a photo of a gun laying on a bed and that starts off negative right there. Like why can't when something like that get posted, why can't that like automatically trigger a flag or something? Yeah. I don't know because I mean, people have been sent to Facebook jail for a lot less than that. Yeah. People in our own private group, when we discussing cases end up, you know, cause I get the notifications when it's like, Oh, we think this is something negative. Right. Um, it goes against guidelines and I'll have to look at it and be like, no, that really not. They're not talking about that. Right. Uh, 11 a.m. on that Tuesday, he 
allegedly had three communications on the social media platform Meta. That's Facebook, everybody. And like we said, although initially it was said Facebook posts, they were actually private one-on-one text messages, Facebook messages, people. And one message was uh, to an unknown recipient that stated he was going to go shoot his grandmother. Wow. Now, we are yet to, I have tried a deep dive to figure out why he was living with his grandmother, why he wasn't with his mom anymore, because his mom is alive. Um, the the stepfather had come out and said some pretty negative things about him. Yeah, see, until they're actually confirmed. That's why I'm I not just, saying anything. Yeah, don't yeah. want to talk about that. I don't either, but I'm sure that more and more will come out, you know, as we go on. And then there was another one-on-one one message that said he shot his grandmother and a third that said he was going to go shoot an elementary school, oh, but did not God. specify the school. But being a, a town of seven square miles, I can only imagine there's there, how many schools do they have there? So, okay, that me- me- message was sent to that CC person? This one is to an unknown person. Okay, so that unknown person, did they respond? Do we know? Does not say. Darn it. Okay. I know. And... There's so many different things that we could discuss here. Like, yeah, this is so many up in the air. What happens? You know, he then shot his 66 year old grandmother in the head at their residence, and she was able to run across the street to call police. She was taken to the hospital via helicopter and is still in critical condition. There was a report today that stated that she looks like she is going to recover. Oh, that's good. So I'm hoping maybe. We'll learn a little bit more. Yes. Now, Texas Governor Greg Abbott said that Ramos's 66-year-old grandmother was able to call the police, and authorities have not released the exact timing or content of that call, which I hope they do at some point, because that call could be very crucial in trying to piece together a little bit of more information about what's going on. Exactly. He had stolen his grandmother's gray Ford truck after he had shot her, and he ended up fleeing that scene um and at 11:28 a.m. he crashed that truck in front of Rob Elementary School. Huh. Now, a lot of people called 911 at this point and started reporting that there was a guy who got out of a truck with a gun. Really? I yes. didn't I did not know initially that's when the calls came in. Now, a, a gentleman named Derek Sotello, who runs a family-owned auto repair shop, said he heard about six gunshots come from the elementary school and ran into a woman and recounted trying to help the gunman after his crash. So somebody ran over there thinking he was hurt, and he ended up shooting at them. So there was a shooting before he ever made it into the school. You're kidding. No. Now, there, it's been confirmed that Ramos shot at two witnesses and continued walking to the school. Now he's in the parking lot shooting at the school. And this is what the Escalion guy said multiple times. So like there was somebody yelling, like what was going on now? Here is where the rest of this world will never be the same. So the gunman walked into the West side of the elementary school at 1140 AM. Let's remember that time. 1140 AM charity. Okay because that's going to come into play here in a little bit. And he was not confronted by anybody. Now, let's remember the first initial reports that we had heard was that a school safety officer had confronted him at the door. And it was actually even said that there may have been gunfire exchanged initially as well. Yeah, we like a bunch of of false news was coming out in the beginning before anybody really knew anything. Yes, and this was false news from the police department. Oh, boy. So... Unfortunately, that was not the case because if this was, it may have been over before it ever even started. Yep. Oh, it's so sickening to me. At 11.43 a.m., Rob Elementary School announced a lockdown due to gunshots in the area. And somebody had claimed that all students and staff were safe in the building. They didn't realize that the gunman was now in the building. They were reporting the lockdown. Oh, because the gunshots that happened outside. Oh my gosh. Oh no. 1144 AM, four minutes after this douchebag entered the school, Uvalde police and police with the school district are inside making entry. Now these are what they actually said. They hear gunfire. They're taking rounds, move back, move back, get cover. And now this is all things that are coming over the radio. Okay. And at that time they were approached 
where the suspect is at. He quickly made his way into the fourth grade classroom and barricaded himself inside, locking the door and just started shooting children and teachers that were inside that classroom. He's so sick. I'm like trying not to get sick to my stomach here. Like I can't even imagine somebody doing this at all. Nope. Officers on scene went on to report later that they did not enter the classroom because they were under gunfire. They're reporting that he shot most of his shots early on, saying that he could not immediately offer a precise number as well. Uh, I'm so aggravated right I know. now. At 11.54 a.m., a video recorded outside of the school captures parents criticizing the police response. And honestly, Charity, I have to agree with the parents. Like, we are now 14 minutes past when the police arrived because shooting was happening. And I mean, you, you're, you know your children are inside. And it, you, your job is to go in and hopefully save the children. Why weren't they going in? Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, Ever since, like, we talked about this earlier, right? We talked about this earlier. Yep. Your comment to me was, when we were talking about how how angry it was making you, your comment to me was... Things were put into place after Columbine and police departments have been trained in this situation. So I don't know. Continue on. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's fine. We'll we'll get into that right now, actually. So after the tragic events that happened at Columbine, the nation decided we're going to take this head on and we're going to train law enforcement because... When that happened, like stuff like this was like, wow, like what's going on? Like they, I get it. They didn't know what to do. Exactly. So therefore we went ahead and trained Mm -hmm. all of these police departments trained. Every local municipality has trained on active shooter situations at schools. Yeah. They have to. It's part of the training. Unfortunately, in this day and age, they, you're right. They have to be ready for something like this. God forbid. Now, the way the training is works, if there's no shooting going on, when you the first initial officers respond, then you wait until you have another officer show up and help you. Okay. If there's shooting when you pull up, your job is to go in there. Yeah. And confront the shooter. I'm sorry, but when you become a law enforcement officer, you take an oath that you put your life on the line to save and serve the lives of others. Yeah. That is and what let's do. not even just discuss that. These are not just lives of others. These are innocent children. Yes, they are pages of them. I know right here. And that's what makes me so, so angry. Yep. And I'll be honest with you. I am fucking outraged. Yes. Like beyond belief. This is, I've cannot even put into sense this whole thing because there is no sense. Nope. Now, let's just finish reading through the timeline, and then we can get into really discussing some stuff. Okay. So, 
like I said, at 1154, the video shows family members that are frustrated with police. And let's be honest, I would be a lot more than frustrated. Oh, yeah. And there is stuff that's happened that is not in this timeline that we'll go ahead into a little bit more as well. So somebody had posted a video, basically like a Facebook live stream at this point, accusing the police of just standing around outside. Just before noon, the video shows students, families, and members confronting these officers, and they end up pushing a man back and yell at the people to retreat across the street. So they're trying to get them to go in there, and they're screaming at innocent bystanders, trying to get them to go in and help. Wow. I know. Wow. Ugh. Now, according to the police, that they were working to assemble the right resources, specialty equipment, body armor, negotiators, and trying to evacuate students and teachers, which is bullshit because they were not evacuating anybody. They were taking gunfire, they said, which makes this all the more difficult. Well, do you know who else was taking gunfire? Children. All these innocent children who were inside. Yeah, innocent children and innocent, innocent teachers. You are trained, supposed to be highly trained members of law enforcement, and you have an 18-year-old douchebag in there causing terror mm -hmm. to the likes that we've never witnessed in this country and I hope to God we never witness again. Oh, please, and you're standing around outside waiting for the right equipment and negotiators. Yeah. Do you think this douchebag of an 18-year-old wants to be negotiated with? No. He never wanted to be negotiated with. All right, I got to calm down here, so hold on. The Uvalde Police Department at 12.23 p.m. posted a post on Facebook for asking the parents to pick up students at the SSGT William D. Leon Civic Center. And it's about a five minute drive from the elementary school because they said that the scene was still, quote unquote, active. And they were asking for people to come reunite with their children, which I heard didn't really happen. Yeah. At 12.51, somebody over the emergency medical radio started screaming shots fired. So there was still shooting going on at 1251. Oh, my gosh. Now, at 106 p.m., the Uvalde Police Department wrote on their Facebook page, quote unquote, update at 106 shooter in police custody, end quote. OK, I know. Kind of. a. I mean, glad they can update stuff on Facebook. Oh, I'm I mean, glad they have time to do that. Yeah, that's good. I mean, they were a lot of time of them just standing around outside doing nothing. So, I mean, might as well just keep the Facebook page updated. I mean, everyone has a phone, right? Yep. So here's where it gets really sad that between now, that's the end of that official timeline that's been approved by the police and everybody that things that have happened. Okay. Now, things that I didn't realize, and they were just released today, that between 1203 and 1247, multiple 911 calls were made by the children inside the classroom and inside that. the school. I did. Oh my gosh. I Mark, there was a, a, a father that was I saw an interview with and his daughter was one that tried to call Ugh. and he said um, she, on the 10th of May, I believe, she turned 10 and she received a phone for her birthday and she wanted it so bad and she was so happy to have that phone. Oh my God. I know. Oh, so sickening to me. Uh, I'm just. I'm sorry. I we're, know. we're we're pushing through here. Yeah. Now there are reports from some of these children who are calling, and they're saying that my friends are dead, um, but God. there's eight or nine of us that are still here and we're alive. Now the police still were not responding inside, and then one child made multiple nine one one calls and just kept asking, "Please send the police now." Oh, my God. Now, us as full-grown adults are having such a hard time with this. Put yourself in the shoes of anyone that was in that school. I can't. What are these children going to believe for the rest of their life when they say and they're told, you know, call the police when you have a problem? They're calling the police and they're watching because there was a lot of injured people still in that school as well. Now, here is where I get extremely mad because... It's now being reported that the shooter kept firing the entire time. He was he was shooting the entire time, whether it be at people or just to keep people away. So at that point, those cops should have entered. Now, they also kept saying that they were waiting on tactical equipment. So remember that, Charity. Yep. He went into the school. 1140. At 1140 a.m. The tactical unit got there at 1215. Okay. Yeah. So, so why didn't they go in? 
They didn't go in until 1250. Why? They were trying to come up with a plan and figure out a way to negotiate with him while he was still shooting people. I don't understand. I know. I'm beyond myself. Now, these classrooms were locked from the inside, and law enforcement also did not have keys. Okay. What? Yes. So they needed keys to be able to get into these classrooms, and they couldn't because they were, didn't have them. Okay, so break the door down. Why don't they have keys, Charity? Let's discuss this. Let, all right, let's do discuss this, but even if you don't have keys, you break the damn door down. These are children. These yep. are babies. You break the door down. I am sorry. That is no excuse. We don't have keys? Oh, I'm sorry. Now, they ended up getting keys from a janitor. Oh, that's good. ended oh. up getting their way in. So- Here's my other problem. We talk about, and like I said, we're not getting political at all, but we have a million different solutions supposedly of how to solve these that are not going to do anything. Yep. You know what you could do? Lock the fucking doors. Yep. Like, why aren't these schools fortified? Yeah. Okay. That's my other question because I, so I have a lot of clients that are teachers and after way back after Columbine and all these once I actually just had um, uh, one of my teacher clients yesterday and we talked about it and her students are exactly the same age as these children. She told me that as soon as a door shuts in that school, it is locked from the inside out. They, nobody can get in. It just, it's closed and it's locked. As it should be. As it should be. Now I do, I did play the devil's advocate with this, with the school. Okay. So this school had two days left of school before summer break. Okay. It is a very quiet town. Nothing ever happens. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody in town, maybe they got a little lax because it was the end of the school year. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's, it's horrible that it wasn't locked and that it, I don't know why they didn't, it doesn't lock when you shut it, but it, it should be, it should. Oh, absolutely. So, Knowing a little bit about locksmithy stuff, as I do. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you do. Um, these doors require certain hardware, which are all self-lockers. And then to keep them unlocked, they need to be what's called dogged. Okay. Which means you need to, they all have to have panic bars on them. So, but to unlock those from the, so you push them in and you have what's called the dogging tool that goes in from the underneath. And then it locks the handle into the unlocked position. Okay. So you'd have to physically do that. They have to be physically done. Okay. It's basically like a, it looks almost like, you know, an Allen wrench, what you use to put together furniture. It's a big one, except it doesn't have the same amount of So do you think, so do you think these doors, these doors were just never locked. They they were never been updated to lock when they're closed. No, no, they're supposed to, but somebody dogged them so they wouldn't be open. So they were able to be, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So they, it's not just like somebody forgot that should be a part of the process. I see what you're saying. Now people say like, Oh, what, what happens in the case of an emergency or whatnot? Well, Basically, when that alarm sounds, it unlocks these doors. Oh, okay. So people could get out. So all these doors should be locked at all times. And people say, you know, oh, it wouldn't happen here. Like you said, it's a small town. Yeah. So when my daughter was of this age, my youngest daughter, like I remember I would go to the school to pick her up. Every single door was locked. Oh, yeah. There was a fence around the school. Absolutely. There's only one way in and out. And guess what? That door is locked. Yes. You had to push a button. Yes. And then a camera that you were looking in mm-hmm. would come on and then you would have to tell them what you're there for, why you're Absolutely. there for, and who you're there for. Absolutely. And if they didn't like your answer, a you cop were. showed up. That's right. And that right there was almost 15 years ago. Yep. So you're telling me. Right. It was almost 15 years ago, but it was yeah. after Columbine. And that's why they did that. They switched things around. So I don't understand why this school hasn't been updated. I think it was. I just think. They got lax or they didn't do this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, that's, that's what I, that, that was the first thought that came to my mind. They just got, they got lax because they figured it, not my school. Like we say all the time in this podcast, yeah. you never, ever think it's going to be your community. You don't think it's going to be your school. You don't think it's going to be your kid. You don't think it's going to be you until it is. That's exactly what I was going to say. Remember, anywhere, anytime, any place, it could happen to anybody. And this is just another 
example of it, this quiet community has now, it will never be the same, like you said earlier. I don't think this country will ever be the same. No. We need to come up with actual things that we can do to prevent this kind of stuff. We need to stop this whole never-ending gun debate that we have because that goes nowhere. Yeah, I know. Both sides stick in and it doesn't go anywhere. Do you know what we can do something with? Mental health. Yes. Because this country, it's harder to get mental health than it is to actually buy a gun. And I'm not saying what side I'm on because what I am does not matter. It doesn't matter, no. But at the end of the day, getting mental health is very hard in this country. It's really hard, especially right now uh, since COVID. So many people are having to seek even more mental health help. And it is, you're right, it's very, very difficult. Sometimes insurance doesn't cover it. People don't have the money to pay for it. There's a lot of different variants. It has stigma to it. It does have stigma to it. Now, I was having this discussion earlier with my girlfriend, Kristen. Well, so for the people that don't know, my girlfriend is a cancer survivor. Sure is. So when things were happening with her at the beginning, it was very rough. Yeah. And she would say, you know, somebody asked what's going on. She would say, you know, I I have cancer. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, what can I do to help? What can I do this? Is there anything we can do to help? Yep. If somebody has a bad disease, it's the same thing. But when somebody has mental disease, I know it's just like, oh, look at Mike. He's crazy. Yep. And nothing gets done. It's not taken seriously. No, it's not. The first thing that we can start doing and everybody will say, oh, we don't want to stain records. We don't want to do this. We don't want to do that. Well, if you want to actually have stuff pop up on background checks, we need to start having checks and balances. I agree. So if somebody has mental issues going on in their life while they're in school, it it should be noted into their record by these teachers and then worked on. And if it's not, it's in his record. I agree 100%. Because this guy, let's be honest, is fucking crazy. He obviously. I... That was probably the most polite way I could say it. Yeah, I mean, we could probably, once more comes out on him, we'll have more of a background of, oh, yeah. of what went on. I heard he was really bullied. Odd, odd, odd kid, always odd. You know, definitely people noticed he had mental stuff going on. And clearly... Nothing got done. Nothing got done. Just got passed off to go live with your grandma. I mean, who knows? I don't know. I'm not saying I know because I don't. I don't have the information yet. But, you know, it, it, he clearly needed help. I agree with you. Now, the other thing that you need to look at, like I said, if he had been reported to have mental issues, maybe something could have been done. Maybe he wouldn't have been allowed to buy any of these weapons. Yep. It just makes me so mad when everyone's first snap judgment is, let's take away guns. Yeah. Because let's remember, criminals don't ever do anything illegal. So by that logic... You know, last I checked, Charity, meth is illegal, right? Mm-hmm. But yet we have a massive drug issue in this country. Right. So making something illegal only makes it so people that would actually be able to help can't have access to the items that could help. Because the only thing that's ever going to solve a bad person with a gun is a good person with a gun. Yeah. And it sucks. It does suck. At the end of the day, we need to do something about mental health. Yes. And it's in every one of these cases. I, I make crackpot comments on it. I, I talk about it just because I feel like it's just overlooked. Well, Nobody it cares. Is. Well, here's the thing, right? So we have done so many cases. And in, in the majority of the cases we have done, there has been mental health issues. All of them. Okay. Sometimes someone just snaps, right? Yep. But for the most part, yes, they have a long history of it. Then And nothing was reported nothing was done you know or something was reported but nothing was followed up on we hear this over and over and over we do we need to make this a priority i don't know why it's not i don't either it needs to have the stigma taken away where everyone's either embarrassed about it or you have parents that will actively try to not get people help because they don't want their children labeled of having mental issues i know what is wrong but here's the other thing who has to know When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. 
but nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Correct. Right? Like friends of the children don't have to know. Nobody, it's a private thing. You don't go around talking about what medical procedure you just had done, right? Correct. You don't need to talk about, it's. to me, it's all part of medical. Mental I and physical are the same. You have to be... If you're mentally sick, that to me is just as bad as being physically sick. Because oh, one hundred percent, you you could lose your life because of it. Some other people can lose their life because of it, as we have just seen. It is absolutely just heartbreaking to me. Like I don't even know how to put it into words. No, me neither. I've been walking around in kind of a, a haze since this has happened, just shaking my head, going. So many people's lives are never going to be the same. So do you know what I'm going to admit that I've been doing? What's that? I have not been watching it. And I know that is horrible and is cowardly. And it is because it is so heartbreaking. And I, my heart hurts so bad. I have been praying for the community. I've been trying so bad to send any type of well wishes I can. But I personally just could not separate myself from this one. I agree with you. It's hard. It's really hard. I do want to reiterate that we are not getting in, into anything political here. Everybody has their own opinion. And they're and, entitled and to and it. And they are so entitled to it. But can we not get political right now? And can we just talk about these victims? Uh, th- this is all we should be talking about right now. We have so much time. We need to be talking about the victims. Absolutely. Because they are the ones that are no longer with us. All right, let's go ahead and let's first take a moment of silence to honor all of these victims. All right. So we're going to do our best with these names because some of these are very difficult names to pronounce. And I've tried to hear how they were pronounced from different articles, and they're all different in each one of these. Elena Cruz Torres. 10 years old. Her grandfather said that she was active and generous with her time. He is distraught and hurting over her loss. Torres's aunt told CBS affiliate KHOU that she was excited to play in her last softball game of the season that was the following day. I talked to her last night and she was kind of nervous saying that it was her last game and she didn't want the softball to end. As she was excited because they were going to, I guess, announce the ones that made it to the all-star team. And she was also saying, like, what if I make it? I'm going to be so nervous. And I was like, girl, you got this. You're going to be good at it. You got this. She was so excited. Oh, my God. Alithia Ramirez, 10 years old, had recently celebrated her 10th birthday. Balloons from her 10th birthday party was still up, and so wasn't her amazing art. They want the world to know that what a beautiful, talented, happy girl she was. They never want this to happen to another kid. Ophelia loved to draw and wanted to be an artist. She has actually just recently submitted a drawing for the Doodle for Google contest that they put on every once in a while. I hope they really find that and make that one of them. Please do that for us. Jose Flores, 10 years old. Jose Flores was killed Tuesday. His aunt, Lydia Salias Torres, told CBS News. His uncle, Christopher, wrote a touching tribute to this 10-year-old on Facebook. 
I'm going to miss you, baby Jose. I still can't believe this happened. My heart is broken just hearing them all talk about you being gone, and it hurts me, and I love you so much, and I wish you were still here. I'm going to miss you so much. Rest in paradise, my beautiful angel. In another post, Salazar wrote, I love you, and I miss you. Tess Marie Mattia, her age is unknown. Faith, Tess Maria Matea's sister, told CBS News that the child was among those killed in the shooting. She also shared the following Facebook post about her sister's death. My sweet baby sister, I would have never thought I would be typing something like this. I honestly have no words, just sadness, confusion, and anger. I'm sad because we will never get to tag team on mom and dad again and tell them how much we mean to each other and other stuff. I'm confused because how can something like this happen to my sweet, caring, and beautiful sister? And I'm angry because of the coward took you for us. Sissy, I love you so much. I just want to hold you and tell you how pretty you are. I want to take you outside and practice softball. I wanted to go on one last family vacation. I want to hear your contagious laugh, and I want you to hear me tell you how much I love you. Tessie, mom, dad, and I won't be the same, but we are comforted knowing that you are waiting for us up in heaven and have a spot for us. We have one sassy guardian angel that I know is going to protect our family. Till we meet again, Tessie Marie, love your big sister. Oh, my God. That is just, I can't even, because I can put myself back when my daughter was this age, and it's just like yesterday. I know. Nevea Bravo, we unfortunately could not confirm her age. Her cousin posted on social media after the shooting to ask for the public's help locating the girl. Around 9 p.m., she wrote on Twitter, Unfortunately, my beautiful Nevea was one of the many victims from today's tragedy. Thank you for the support and help, she wrote. Rest in peace, my sweet girl. You didn't deserve this. Oh, my God. Jace... Carmelo Luvios, 10 years old, died in the shooting along with his cousin, Jelia Nicole Sigliero. Oh, my God, from the same family? And that's according to her mom. In a Facebook post, their uncle, Uberto, shared photos of both of the children. Oh, my God. My baby's going to miss them like crazy. We love you all so much. I am lost right now. Fly high, my beautiful angels. God. That is just heartbreaking. Jackie Cesare is 10 years old. Jackie's father said that his daughter died in the shooting. We're devastated in ways I hope no other ever has to go through. Taken out of the arms and lives in this freaking cowardly way, so young, so innocent, full of life and love, it hurts us to the soul. We thank everyone from the bottom of our heart for your love, support, and prayers. My baby girl will always be with us and those she has touched. May your passing not be in vain. Something will be done. I promised you. Be in peace and rest with the rest of the angels, sweetheart, daddy. Mom, sister, brother, and the whole family are going to miss you forever. Baby girl, we all love you with our hearts. Rest in peace, my baby girl. Rogeo Torres, 10. Our entire family waited almost 12 hours since the shooting to find out Roleo Torres, my 10-year-old nephew, was killed in this tragedy. We are devastated and heartbroken. Roller was an intelligent, hardworking, and helpful person. He will be missed and never forgotten. Oh, my God. That right there, imagine waiting 12 hours no. not knowing if you're going to be reunited with your child no. or to find out that they unfortunately had passed. No. Something is wrong with the way this whole thing happened from start to finish. Yep. Yelaya Nicole Seglero, 10 years old. A family member told CBS News that she had died in the shooting. She did not want to go to school Tuesday, believing something bad would happen. <gasps> oh Her mom, Veronica, told Univision, according to the AP, one of Seglero's cousins was also killed. That's the one that we had talked about before. God. Alexandria Lexi Rubio. We could not confirm her age either. Lexi Ruby's grandmother confirmed to CBS News that she died in Tuesday's shooting. In a Facebook post, Kimberly and Mattia Rubio remembered her daughter saying that a family had been with her at the school just hours before she was killed. 
my beautiful, smart Alexandria was recognized today for all a honor roll. She also received the good citizens award. We told we loved her and would pick her up after school. We had no idea that this was our final goodbye. Oh my God. So that's something else that they had just had their award ceremony that day. Layla Salazar, 10 years old. Vincent Salazar said the 10 year old daughter Layla was amongst those who were killed. Layla loved to swim and dance on videos on TikTok. An avid runner, she runs six races at the school's field day, and Salazar proudly posted a photo of Layla off showing two of her ribbons on Facebook. This just brings me back. Like, I went through all the stuff that these... Oh, it's just so hard. Elena Garcia, 10 years old. Elena Garcia's family learned Tuesday that the 10-year-old was amongst the victims. Her aunt, Saria, told the AP. She was very happy and outgoing. She loved to dance and play sports. She was big into family, enjoyed being with the other family as well. Amiri Joe Garza, 10 years old. Angel Garza's stepdaughter, Amiri, was just two weeks past her 10th birthday when he dropped her off at school for what turned out to be one last time. She was the sweetest thing. She's so creative. She just got an award for being the most creative. She was shot and killed in her fourth grade classroom. Her parents aren't sure what to tell her three-year-old brother Zane every morning he wakes up and asks for her sister I don't know what to do man she didn't deserve that and I just want to protect my little girl that's what Garza's father Alfred Garza III wrote about her death in a Facebook post saying my one and only baby I'm going to miss you dearly Emerly. you did not deserve this nor did the other children I would do anything to have you back Fly high, my Amiri Joe, and tell Grandma we miss her. Visit me in my dreams. Xavier Lopez, 10 years old. Xavier Lopez had been looking forward to a summer of swimming, and that was according to his cousin, Lisa Garza. He was just a loving 10-year-old little boy who enjoyed life, not knowing that this tragedy was going to happen today. He was a very bubbly and loved to dance with his brothers, his mom, this has just taken such a toll on us. Annabelle Rodriguez, 10 years old. She was a third grader from Robb Elementary School, her family told CBS affiliate KHOU. She was in the same room as her cousin, Jackie Carraza, who was also killed. Their aunt, Letty Hernandez, wrote that the two girls were not only cousins, but they were best friends as well. Uzziah Garcia, 10 years old. Uzziah died Tuesday, his family told CBS News. Nikki Cross, his aunt, said in a Facebook post on the day of the shooting that his family was looking for him. Uzziah was described by his grandfather, Manny Renfro, as a smart boy with a fantastic memory. The sweetest little boy that I've ever known. And I'm not just saying that because he was my grandkid. McKenna Lee Elrod, 10 years old. Brandon Elrod told ABC News that he was still searching for his 10-year-old daughter, McKenna. Pretty sad, he said, choking back tears. Really sad. I don't know what this world is coming to. Later, a family friend said on Facebook that McKenna had been killed. My heart is shattered as my daughter, Chloe, loved her so much. Pyler Newberry wrote, added, just a few weeks ago, she got a friendship bracelet from her at the ballpark, and she wears it every single day. Bati Rodriguez, we do not have an age for her. It is with a heavy heart I come on here on behalf of my cousin Anna, who lost her sweet baby girl in yesterday's senseless shooting. Raquel Silva wrote on Facebook about one of the victims. Our hearts are shattered. Another family member shared a photo of Mady with an honor roll certificate in front of the school banner. Miranda Mathis, 11 years old. 11-year-old Miranda Mathis's family was searching for her after the shooting. Please, Lord, hear our prayers, and please let these babies just be misplaced and harm-free. On Wednesday morning, Miller shared a photo of Miranda with angel wings and a halo. My sweet baby cousin, we loved you dearly, she wrote. I still am heartbroken that these families had to wait so long. Me too. Eva Morales, 44 years old. Eva Morales was a fourth grade teacher at Robb Elementary School and was one of the first victims identified by family and police. She was described by those who knew her as a loving wife and mother. 
According to her teacher profile, she was an educator for 17 years and loved running and hiking. She was adventurous, relative Amber Yabara told the AP, confirming her death. I would definitely say those wonderful things about her. She is definitely going to be missed. In a statement to CBS News, her aunt called a very sad day in Uvalde community and called for expanded gun rules. Let this be the last community affected by this. Let's lobby together to get the gun laws, Lucinda Martinez Delgado said. A person who identified herself as Morales' daughter, Annalyn, wrote a heartfelt post on Twitter. My heart will be forever broken. Irma Garcia, 46 years old. Irma Garcia's nephew, John Martino, shared that she did not make it in a tweet on Tuesday. My Tia did not make it. She sacrificed herself protecting the kids in her classroom. I beg of you to keep my family, including all of her families, in all of your prayers. Irma Garcia is her name, and she died a hero. She was loved by many and will truly be missed. Garcia was a wife and had four children of her own. She worked as a fourth grade teacher at Robb Elementary School and was sweet, kind, fun-loving, and had a greatest personality. She sacrificed herself protecting the kids in her classroom. She was a hero. Now, two days later, her husband, Joe, died of an apparent heart attack a short time after laying the flowers down at her memorial site. I truly believe that Joe died of a broken heart, Irma Garcia's cousin, Deborah Austin, wrote on a GoFundMe page. Losing the love of his life for more than 25 years was too much for him to bear. Oh, my God. I, Charity, myself will never be the same. Like, no. this has affected me. Like, I I have been a, in a phase since this happened. It's yeah. just so senseless. Who in their right mind could ever do something like this? We're not getting political, like we said before. It's just so sad. We need to remember at the end of the day, like we say in every other episode, if you see something, say something. Say something. People had to have suspected something about this absolute waste of space loser way before this had happened. Yep. I'm hoping that we get something soon from his mom that maybe tells us a little bit more of why he's not living with her, why he was living with the grandmother. Or whatnot. And we will for sure keep everyone updated as we find out more information as well um, about this person. Absolutely. Yeah, this person is not even a person. He's the biggest scum that I've ever met in my life. Yep. Everybody keep everybody in this community and everybody worldwide in your thoughts and prayers because this is something that we're going to weather together. Yes. We'll see you on the next one, guys. Bye, guys. See ya. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.